The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, an anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Got Games in Dell City, Green Bambino, Paseo Plunge, and My Chic Geek in Oklahoma City, and Waving Wheat Bakery and Bistro in Norman, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 239 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. Our friends at Literati Press are getting ready for an August release of its newest publication, We Promised Utopia. If you'll recall, we talked a bit about the comic book back in episode 227 as they were holding a Kickstarter for it. Now we are starting pre-orders for the first issue. We're joined right now by We Promised Utopia Project lead Adrian Morales, art director John Eric Osborne, artist Chloe Elman, and artist Jonathan Kelsch. Guys, welcome to the show. It's going to be a big cast today. You had a mouthful. It was. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for inviting so let's start with Adrian. What for for those who don't haven't listened to two twenty seven yet, tell us just what is we promised Utopia? What's that about? Oh, here here's another mouthful. Then <laughs> um, it's uh, as it was described in, in one of the little write ups we had here. Uh, it was a uh, it's kind of like it's a contemporary tale, uh, very very kind of like a modern and and. And up to date with uh, with the contemporary issues regarding climate change. So it takes place over three timelines, uh, starting out from our current timeline with uh, the ma- with the main character of the current timeline as Isabel Barry, um, as a political activist and a TV producer, and almost kind of like by accident becoming a political activist. Uh, whereas her TV show really took off and started I- I- inspiring people or people around her to actually become a political. Movement. Um, the second timeline focuses on the utopian version of what is society that's focused around uh, the earth and the environment and um, the concept of the ECC, uh, how how the earth in general just becomes kind of like a little bit better place. Uh, and the third timeline, which is the dystopian timeline, is, uh, is kind of like a mystery. What happened in the dystopian timeline? Because it's not like what we're expecting with uh, flooding and all these other things going on with climate change, uh, it's, it's quite the opposite. We, where you have uh, a frozen landscape, there's a survival of, uh, of a family that we're following uh, into that dystopian future. Um, so that's the, kind of like in a nutshell what We Promise Utopia is and where it's heading. What was it? So if you're fans, I'm sorry, if yep. you're fans of shows like The Expanse or Snowpiercer or Cloud mm-hmm. Atlas, we, we envelop a lot of those sim- similar motifs. Yeah, I was thinking actually. Oh, is is the the uh, post of uh, the the dystopian timeline still really cool? And then I sat down with my wife last night and watched Sweet Tooth, which again, oh, you know, so you know, good, uh, so know, endearing. Yeah, uh, so so it's it's still it's still very fresh. It's still people are thinking about it. Was is there a different style of artwork in the different uh, timelines? How does that work? Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you asked. Uh, my name's Eric. I'm the art director. Yep. One of the things that when, when Charles came to me and, and Adrian proposed this idea to Charles, who's the heart of a lot of our team, he said, I got an idea. We're going to have three distinct different art styles. He said, I want you to draw one. I want you to find two other people. So I found two of the people I thought were just not just the best suited, but some of the best people as well. 
And I said, Chloe would be wonderful. She does beautiful, expressive faces. And John is, he can do anything. You put, you, you put him in front of anything, he'll just blow everybody out of the water. I think he's just the best in Oklahoma for sure. Um, I did have one bone of contention with John. I want to draw the future tech. I got to design the cars and that stuff. But he's like, but Eric, I really want to draw the future stuff. And I'm like, fine, I'll draw the talking heads. You do what you do. So which one, which one, Eric, which one do you do? I have the contemporary timeline. I get to draw the beautiful activist, uh, Isabel, who is very charismatic and she's got a very scientific mind, but she's also a very troubled woman who is dealing with her own demons and trying to find a path for a better future. And as the story progresses, you begin to realize her sacrifices will be much greater than she even originally anticipated herself. And Chloe, what are you bringing? What, what are you doing this on, on this one? Um, for me, I'm doing the dystopian future. It's all in that um, snowy landscape where everything is just about survival. And uh, we're following this family as they're trying to, like, keep their family alive and keep, like, getting to safety and getting past everything, you know. Clay, how is it when you're trying to draw something that doesn't exist? Is that harder? Is that easier? Um, it's, it's definitely, uh, not as bad because I have good people that have like set the ground for it. <laughs> um, so I'll look at like, oh, I think we Jonathan, Eric stuff, and then I'll have, uh, like all of this in their beautiful, like timeline that they're supposed to be in. And all I have to do is break it apart. So <laughs> that's very cool. And John would tell me about what you, what you're bringing to it. Yeah, uh, thank you for having us. Uh, so Eric is fine, far too kind regarding my work. Everybody here brings amazing art. <laughs> so uh, I've got to say, I, I feel very honored to be a part of this. And my uh, timeline is basically Blade Runner with beautiful scenery, chasing flower thieves into a dark mystery. That's uh, my character, the, the character that I'm, I'm uh, is the lead of my time is Mangus. And he's basically an auditor slash FBI agent who is investigating the beautiful, uh, well, investigating shenanigans within this beautiful, idyllic world. Think, um, oh, uh, any of the most gorgeous uh, timelines, Oblivion maybe, but without the dark stuff. And it's a blast to work mm -hmm. on this project. And the same thing. One of the things. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say one of the same things is, is how do you how do you is is creating art for something that just doesn't exist? Is it easier? Is it harder? Well, it's for me, when I yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like John and I would probably agree on that. Whenever they Adrian and, and Robert and Charles came to me, they said we want you to do like art direction. I'm like, okay, that means a lot of groundwork. <laughs> and so you have to do your research. You have to look into. Like how other people have postulated, you know, one of the things that people laugh about now is when they look at Kubrick's film, Space Odyssey 2001, it's like uh, it didn't play out that way. <laughs> you know, look at Blade Runner. It didn't mm -hmm. play out that way. But they did make some really interesting, interesting stylistic choices. And whenever I look at movies like Minority Report, you want to look at the wisdom those things provide, but you don't want to steal from them directly because they've already seen it. People have already seen that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, when I was designing the cars for the city, I was like, OK, mag rail systems that seems really you know smart it's you know low energy it's efficient and it can be modular in many ways so i just took that concept of electric mag rail systems and, and ran with it and 
sort of toyified the cars and, and tried to imagine what they worked like in the real world. And if I'm wrong in 50 years, who cares? I'll be dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, the beauty yeah, of, and, of and, sci-fi is we're not supposed to get it correct. We're just supposed yeah. to tell the story and how we interpret the, the, the future to be. Correct. Yeah. And, and that's why sci-fi is the best genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can prove that factual if anybody asks. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> a hill I will die on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So you've put this yeah, all I was going to say, just a quick add-on, like from my perspective. Yeah. Huh? Uh, just from my perspective, just a really quick add-on is that um, from Robert's and my perspective, uh, we'd be kind of like just brainstorming on how some of these things would be possible and then just give a very, very kind of like broad, broad, uh, let's say, bumpers uh, for, for the artists, right? And then just let them run with it. And, and it's been amazing just to see the, the products and the quality of the work that they're producing. I mean, all, all three of, of you guys are just doing awesome, amazing work. And uh, every time I see it, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm always like looking at it with fresh eyes and there's always new things. So from, from my perspective, it's like you just give a couple of ideas and you see them kind of spring to life. And it's, it's amazing to see that. When you're putting something like this together, uh, how do you make sure that you have a cohesive story when you have technically four different artists you've you've got you've got uh charles working on on art direction and all this and i mean john working on all art direction and a creative producer all this stuff going together how do you make sure it's cohesive well i think uh from my perspective uh you kind of put 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 your put the feelings aside when you're receiving criticism or where there's disagreements uh on where something should go and then just be really open to be open-minded to either criticism or to change, um, because for sure I tried to give I, I tried to give a little bit of direction on what I think things should look like, but without being without being uh, too too hard on my opinions. So I think that's one of the main things is to first of all to be open to criticism, be open to the different ideas, and then at the same time be somewhat democratic. Because at a certain point, some of these things that, that they just kind of go through like an executive decision, if if the person in charge just doesn't agree with it and that's fine. Go ahead, Eric. So one of the things that he mentioned, that I was going to mention the same thing. We try to approach everything with a great deal of humility. One of the, one of the things I'm actually proud of with our, not just our art team, but literati as a whole mm-hmm. is that we have a lot of really disparate people who have a lot of different skill sets, but we all approach with the same degree of humility and, and make sure that when we get a critique, we don't take it to heart. We take it to mind and we try to make the best product. We're serving, we're serving the product and the book first. And, and, there, and from a technical perspective, as an art director, it's my job to make sure that certain iconography carries over. If you mm-hmm. look at the top of each page on issue one, you'll see little icons, little logos that help sort of uh, tie together the timelines. They explain, oh, you're in the past, you're in the future, you're in the present. But these icons are posted on boxes, on buildings, on cars. And so when you see this, you know, disheveled automobile in the future timeline, and it has an icon on it. You're like, oh, this is the same world. This is the same place. It's just a lot has happened since then. And working with a guy like John, who took my my original designs and just made them better, he was able to take a lot of the the characteristics of things I drew and put the spit shine on it and made it all, you know, uh, super slick future stuff. But when Chloe has it and she's way in the future or in the past, sometimes it's hard to tell in terms of <laughs> the, the, the destruction of the universe. She was, you know, she's pulling from the content of my timeline and John. So she gets to bury a lot of Easter eggs in there, which for her is a lot of work, but 
because our styles are so distinctly different, like Chloe's really good at faces and John's really good at, at, at cityscapes and I'm really good at figures and stuff like that. You've got to find a way to marry those through technical acumen with icons, designs and, and, and color. Like my timeline is very distinctively red and Chloe's is blue and John's has a lot of green qualities. So these steps, while they do amplify the differences, they also show a unified vision in terms of we're all going towards the same goal. And readers, I think, will be pretty impressed with it. You know, one of the things that we did when we were traveling throughout Texas, we had a lot of people at comic shops and buyers saying, you know, this is really good looking stuff. And, you know, I get a little bit of a swell of pride because Mm -hmm. not only do we work our butts off to get this thing looking good, it holds up on the shelf with anybody out there. Mm -hmm. And I guess Chloe and John, you guys have done, done your own comic books as well. How, what was it like working on more of a collaborative effort like this? I think it was, it's so much fun. I've got to say, speaking kudos to Eric, he has really brought it all on this uh, 110, 150% of his effort, and it has really paid off. He's thought about every single angle visually for this book. And Adrian, Robert, uh, Charles, the writer, the, all the team that's been involved. This is a very collaborative effort. And I've really enjoyed getting to know the team more than I did before. And I would say that um, this book is really well thought out. There's a lot of tech, science, uh, climate uh, issues that have all been fully considered and uh Pre, pre, pre-considered for the future as well. I, I've been really impressed with all of the uh, elaborate elements that have been cohesively considered for all the different timelines. And so the framework is there, which makes the collaboration fantastic. There's not a lot of thought other than as you, you as a creator for me, for example, in my timeline, focusing only on my piece. Mm-hmm. And yet... When, when other elements are involved, little little robots, pieces, cars, like we've talked about, that show up in other timelines, we all talk about it, we all work together, and Eric has been a champion at making that happen. And I would say that ultimately, I think everybody's going to be really impressed. Readers are going to be very pleased with the, the depth of the intention in this, in this work. And coming from other projects comics is naturally a very collaborative mm-hmm. uh, uh, process typically with most comics uh, at least in the marvel dc vein and it's changing a little bit with the kidlet versions where author illustrators are doing almost all the work by themselves but in the old school way which we carry out a little bit through our stuff is it begins with pencils well it begins obviously with the script with writing then on to pencils inks colors and letters and and in person and an individual artist will do each of every one of those roles. In this case, we are kind of all teaming up to do it. I do letters with Eric and even Charles, the writers have been involved. Uh, Chloe does almost all of her, well, all of her art as well. I do all of mine and Eric does all of his. And then we have other team members that even do covers. And I would say that the cohesive teamwork creates an overall work that is far above what each of us individually could create and chloe when you uh when you're when you're drawing this year you're doing the the far distant dystopian future uh, the one thing you got to the, the the line that goes through almost all dystopian futures is there's got to be some semblance of hope how do you how do you draw that 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 kind of 
there's something that good that's going to come out of this. Yeah, I think that part of it is like the, the story and the way that it's written is definitely going to take us there on its own. And so um, what I'm making sure is happening is just making sure that even though bad things happen and even though scary things are happening uh, to my characters, that they're still trying and they're still moving forward despite all of that. And that, um, like, seeing them as they move through, uh, we get to we get to watch them make sure that they uh, push through all of these, like, adversities on their own. And so when it gets to them, they're going to team together. And um, I think that that is based on the writing, you know, I, I think that the story just makes it work with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, did, Eric, when we last talked to you guys, you were doing the Kickstarter for this. How did that go? Oh, man. Okay, so not to belabor the point too much, but we've been receiving so much wonderful support from a, a very very broad spectrum of people nationally speaking. And uh, and we all can thank Adrian for sharing his LinkedIn profile with everybody to make sure. <laughs> hey, there was one tracked person that bought from LinkedIn. Like at least one tracked person. I think, I think, I think we sold five through Adrian's LinkedIn. And for those guys who didn't hear the last podcast, Adrian's just a, he's just a character, man. Um, he's like, you can find me on LinkedIn, I guess. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but um, it went really well. This kind of book, and, and Adrian can probably speak better about it, is a weird book. It doesn't fit in on the superhero shelf. It doesn't right. fit in on the YA shelf. It fits in its own shelf. And so when we're selling it, you know, we still on Kickstarter, we've got some really awesome artists. You know, Nick Hermes did this beautiful oil-painted cover that really turned a lot of heads. And, you know, with John and Chloe's and my work, we're like, okay, they're different, but there's a tie that binds all of us together. And so we showed this work on Kickstarter and people responded to it. And of course we're begging grandma's aunts, uncles, nephews, <laughs> like, Oh, by the way, we love you. Give us money. And that helps. <laughs> but uh, it was cool that we were able to, you know, get a list of people that I have no idea who this person is. Nobody does. They looked at our work. They saw that it had a lot of qualities to it that they were in, invested in and, and they contributed. So we we cro- we crossed our, our goals. We hit a couple of stretch goals and and I've oh man and plus the support from Diamond. They looked at our stuff and they said, oh, this is really cool stuff. They put us in like a spotlight. And for people who don't know, Diamond is the biggest distributor of comics for the last 30 years. Yeah. Ask and any comic third- books to show us who Diamond is and yeah. they'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, they'll know. I mean, mm-hmm. they've been almost a monopoly mm-hmm. until like the last eight months in terms of comic distribution. And they're like, oh, this stuff doesn't suck. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's fantastic. <laughs> so how many issues are we looking at? Well... <clears throat> Right now, we are thinking about 12 issues. Uh, the, the story in, in, as a whole, we, we know where it's going to go, and we have a rough outline of uh, kind of like the, the, the story going out um, in, into what I think or what we all think is a pretty nice completion and a very satisfying ending to the story. We don't want it to perpetuate, you know, on for 500 issues. No, no. We're, we're, we're hoping to wrap it up in about 12 issues. Mm-hmm. So, so is it going to be monthly? Is it going to be bi-monthly? How, how is it going to be the release date? Or the release schedule-ish on that? Yeah, um, for now, and Eric can just add whatever, whatever I'm missing, but for now, we are still planning with the quarterly 
Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we're trying to push it to a little, uh, more of a bi-monthly um, uh, release date. Uh, we, we are a small publication house, so we do ask for a little bit of patience from our readers uh, because all of this is being done independently and through a lot of hard work and effort of a few individuals. Yep. He, Adrian said it well. We're looking at increasing our rate of production because our infrastructure is literally being built around the needs of each book. And mm-hmm. quarterly is where we're standing right now. We want to get out faster. And mm-hmm. if we can find a way to expedite it, we absolutely will. I, I we We're already getting faster from issue one. You know, we spent like a year and two months on issue <laughs> one. Um, that's, a, that's a long time for 20-something pages. But we've already got issue two. It's in the pipeline. It's ready to roll. Issue three is coming up real soon. Chloe's already got her wheels turning on that. So we're going to expedite the process quite a bit as the book progresses. Literati Press really kind of uh, kicked us off with uh, Glamorella's Daughter and then uh, Blackjack Demon and then now this. Where do you guys see yourselves now? Because it was almost about a year ago that we really started talking about Glamorella's Daughter and how the three there was going to be three main titles that were really going to launch Literati Press. How is that? Is that still looking like where you guys are heading? We have been very blessed, not just from support from our fans and from family and stuff, but yeah, the we had this this dream. You know, Charles and and, and I and and the rest of the team were just like. Okay, you know, Jerry's a homie. He has got a great idea mm-hmm. for a book. Let's write the hell out of it. Let's write the hell out of stuff with Adrian. And and Nick Hermes, who did the cover for We Promise Utopia, is just he's just a savant in so many ways. And we're like, okay, there's a goal here. We can aspire to it. Is it doable? And then we found out about eight months in. It's like not only is it doable, it's going great. Our sell-through numbers. Uh, on on Blackjack Demon, we sold out our initial print run. We know yeah. this is amazing. You know, we we got picked up nationally. We got people talking about uh, things I can't even comment on yet. It's so exciting. Um, we we promised Utopia, and we got the numbers from Glamorella's daughter just last night, and they're great. We're so lucky to have so many people interested. And we have another book that's uh, going to be a fourth one in our our, our timeline. It, we can't announce anything on it yet. Oh but it's, darn! The talent. <laughs> I know. I know. Breaking news right here. I know. Well, hey, trust me. When we get the, the people involved, we're going to call you up, Mike. We're going to be like, this. these guys are awesome, and they've got a really original idea. And another thing I got to mention, like, you know, I met Nick, and I met a lot of these people like Chloe through, you know, Paseo Plunge. If you're a, if you're a guy or gal who wants to hang out in the Paseo Plunge, that's how we built a lot of our team, which is people wanting to hang out on Sundays at Ink and Draw. And we would just draw and commiserate and talk about, you know, our craft. And that's how a lot of these books got started. Blackjack Demon was a book that came up when Nick came up to me at a con. It's like, so what do you guys do for fun other than comics? I'm like, yeah, I don't have a life. I'm married. Um, but uh, we just hung out. And Nick's like, I got an idea for a comic. And now it's the best-selling title in our publishing company. Mm-hmm. So it's an amazing time to be a part of comics in Oklahoma. And Literati Press is at the forefront of it. And I couldn't be prouder. Where can people go to uh, pre-order the uh, We Promise Utopia? Anyone? <laughs> um, of course, you can go straight to Literati Press's website and order from us directly if mm-hmm. you feel inclined. But any fine comic shop will be carrying it on their shelves come early August. Uh, at least the comic shops with good taste. We've put a national distribution out there. We've worked our tails off trying to figure out how the heck to get this system working, and it works. You know, we've mm-hmm. got a lot of interest, and we're super excited. So if you're interested in this book. Look on your local comic book shop. Uh, you know, we'll be doing stuff for free comic book day this year at New World Comics and comic <gasps> shops around really? town. 
Oh, heck yeah. We're oh. doing sketches. I'm going to do dancing. John's going to wear a tutu. It's going to be amazing. Oh, I'm, I'm looking so forward to it. Whatever, whatever you guys need us to do, I'm just looking, we're just all looking forward to getting together with other people and doing things again. I think that's the biggest yes. deal, getting out of our houses yeah. and, and workplaces and doing things with other people. Um, yeah. oh, and I, I got a comiXology like we we worked our tails off on getting everything prepped for comiXology so if you're a digital reader like a lot of my young students uh, are we're all online digital you know we, you can grab our books in different formats so that's awesome i yeah. do want to go I, around i was just gonna, oh go ahead i was just gonna add real quick that uh the ink and draw uh the, the weekly ink and draw was was really great i mean i'm mm -hmm. not an artist i don't draw i tried to draw an octopus when i was there that one day <laughs> and it was horrible so Basically, Eric told me you gotta you gotta do something different. No, I'm kidding. He, he, he's <laughs> Good very thing funny. you're a good writer. But, <laughs> <laughs> you're an idea but, guy. <laughs> but but there's all kinds of people there that get together. They just have fun, and uh, and I actually saw like some poetry at the same time. It was really interesting. It was really cool. So like, uh, I I really highly recommend it. It's a nice little social event now that we're like opening back up. And I do want to go around, Chloe. What else are you doing right now? Um, right now I'm working on another graphic novel called The Doctors and I also am working on a children's book called Cherry's Big Wish. Um, and I think something that like uh, going from working like individually instead of like working with a team is like this whole team like really builds everybody up, you know, like even with the critique and even with like uh, what they have to say like everything goes to make it better than what it could have been on our own so i think that's really really awesome just working with everybody and where can people find you your your, your information like uh like where can people find your works things like that uh yeah you can find me on instagram at chloe Ellingham illustrations and <laughs> uh can you hear me uh, yeah oh, we can hear you yeah, yeah. oh okay it's chloe Ellingham illustrations and my website chloe Ellingham.com. uh and that's where I post all of my art at. <laughs> yep. On Instagram. And I want to brag on Chloe real quick. Last yeah. year, she entered in a competition we hosted out of the Paseo, uh, out of the Paseo Plunge called Comics is Art, which we're doing again this year. So if you're a young, aspiring artist who wishes to get not just critiques, but get your work exposed in a public forum, we're doing Comics is Art. I think the submissions are due by September. And Chloe did a heck of a job on her doctor's comic last year. I was so impressed with her her, her aptitude. That's awesome. Uh, John, let's go, go to you. What, what, what do you got going on right now? Yeah, I actually this weekend is the annual Autism Oklahoma Peace Walk in Oklahoma City, and it's happening this Saturday, uh, June the 12th. It'll start at 6.30. The theme this year is a dash through Oz, so I do a lot, if not maybe all, of the graphic design for Autism Oklahoma, and there are many, many uh, plethora of, of events that they produce for kids and families all around Oklahoma. Uh, regarding autism and families that, that, that have that going on in their lives. It's a fantastic organization, autismoklahoma.org and peacewalk.org is where you can find more information about that. Myself, Jerry Bennett, selling also his literati book, uh, uh, Glamorella's Daughter, will be at the event. We'll both have booths selling our wares, our art. 
And that's happening again this Saturday, June the 12th at around 630. Where Bring at? Your dog if you want. There's a, uh, this will be at Scissor Tail Park. Yeah, great. So downtown Oklahoma City, Scissor Tail Park. Thank you. And uh, bring your dog if you want to. They're having a contest called the Toto Trot. That's awesome. So that'll be a hoot. <laughs> and and recently, just this last year, uh, I participated a really wonderful opportunity. Uh, Upper Deck hired me to do some work for the Marvel anime series. So my work is in the 2020 Upper Deck Marvel anime deck. And I did 10 pieces for the mech version of it. There's, you know, different different mm-hmm. sections of, of the deck. And so mine is all the Marvel, well, 10 of the Marvel characters as anime mechs. Oh, that's so amazing. So feel free to check that out or hit me up and uh, I can steer you. Just go to your hobby shop, basically. They're selling fast, though. I think they're <laughs> nearly gone. But yeah, that was a blast. And where can people find you, Jonathan, on the web? I'm at JK Arts almost everywhere. J-K-A-R-T-S. Uh, and my website's the same, jkarts.com. Fantastic. Uh, Adrian, what do you got going on? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'm just uh, an engineer working, doing engineering stuff. Uh, it doesn't sound that cool. <laughs> but if you want to find my work, I guess you can look me up on journals. Uh, you can look up my name, Adrian Morales. I got a few publications out there. You know, there might be good uh, bedtime material if you guys want to. <laughs> fall asleep or you know or learn something about a, a little bit different then and then from there you can just reach out to me on linkedin and i'll answer any questions you have that'd be pretty cool that's right hey there are people <laughs> who still use linkedin i still get web web uh internet email about linkedin i check it every now and then i guess um eric i'm not letting it go <laughs> nor should you nor should you um hold on to that tightly um eric uh where, what, what do you got going on See, Adrian stole my joke about the LinkedIn profile, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, you can find me at GeoCreations. That's J-E-O-Creations.com. Or you can find me on any media, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, um, or Facebook through GeoCreations as well. Uh, my my sci-fi comic book is on hold for now, Enigma Machine, but I have a lot of copies of Hero Doggy, the Space Corgi for sale. If you're interested, I love talking about my dog. Just give me a reason. I'm happy to do it. And We Promise Utopia is coming out very soon. Plus, I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff through Literati Press over the next few years, most likely. And uh, I'm really excited to share with everybody. So thanks for making time for me today. Sure thing. And Literati Press, uh, how can people find more about that? I know you got Twitter, you got Facebook, and you've got your website, correct yep yep and you have a physical location which is we are on the east side and on the in the paseo district in oklahoma city you can look for the paseo plunge it's the old pool from the 50s and 60s and you know myself or charles or some wonderful people are always there to make sure that not only the customers at the bookstore are taken care of but it's a creative space for a lot of us we'll hang out in the back in the -hmm. the storage areas of the garage or the offices just to talk shop and try to be better at our craft and we really love what we do, so we're happy to share with people. It's a great place. We're and, and there's big about plans that. to make it into a little bit more of a social environment, social space oh, as nice. well. So that that's uh, that'll be you know happening. That's oh, gonna yeah. be fantastic. Yeah. Everybody getting vaccines, yeah. and and for those of you folks who've gotten vaccines, God bless you. We're so excited to start seeing people again. There's so many oh, new things going on there. It's fantastic. Yeah, he can draw starts back up on Sundays. Yeah, Ink and Draw yeah. starts back up on these Sundays. John, myself, Jerry Bennett, Nick Hermes, Justin uh, Steyer, we're all hosting these things. And, and uh, Ophelia is probably going to host at some point. We have some wonderful artists of, of wonderfully diverse backgrounds hanging out and helping make each other better. 
That's fantastic. Yeah, Literati is trying to create a community. Yeah. So if you're an artist, you're a writer, you're a creator, just come. Come and have some fun with us. And it's literatipressok.com. There you go. Exactly. Fantastic. Guys, thank you so everybody. Thank you so very much for showing up. That was wonderful. And I'm really looking forward to definitely seeing uh, We Promised Utopia drop uh, this August. Thank you for making it much, Michael. Thank you so much. So that's our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcast. Our theme music was produced by Monument Studios. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify and Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Adrian Morales, Eric Osborne, Jonathan Kelsch, and Chloe Elman, I'm Michael Cross reminding you to keep calm and geek on.